Hey, yo, what's going on, fam? Thank you for liking it again. This is Clarity with CK Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about a topic that applies to pretty much everyone on this earth. The topic at hand is communication. And I'm sitting down right here and right now with Brendan Kumarasamy. Am I pronouncing that right? The guy is actually in Canada, I'm in France. So the fact that we made this happen is in itself one of the magics of modern day communication. I'm super excited about this one. So thank you, Brandon, for doing this, man. I'm super excited, as you can see. Of course, TK, the pleasure is absolutely mine, man. Great to be here. So how did you get into this whole communication business and how did you become a communication coach? Because it's not a topic that we learn in school, right? It's not like we never taught that. We're taught about how to do math and, <laughs> and write, but never about how to talk, how to speak. And a lot of people have issues basically with public speaking when you, they go to college, but you rarely ever realize that before. Like when you're in high school and stuff, you don't realize that you actually need to speak to other people. You're always talking to your friends or your teacher. So how did you get into that, man? Yeah, absolutely, TK. So it all started in college, university. I went to business school and my goal was never to be a coach or to be a YouTuber, to be an entrepreneur. The goal was to be an executive at a company. So basically what I did is I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were playing rugby, footy, basketball. I was one of those guys. I did presentations competitively <laughs> that's dope man <laughs> it's a different kind of sport yeah and that's how i learned how to speak brother but then as i got older i started to coach all of those students in university because they needed help winning these competitions and that's how i accidentally learned how to coach other people and how to communicate so by the time i was 22 i had probably coached like 50 70 people and i realized that everything that i was sharing with the students it wasn't available for free on the internet so I started making videos. I called it Master Talk, and it just turned into something I never could have imagined. Well, one of the magics of the internet is when you put valuable content out there, it's definitely, at some point at least, going to connect with people who need it. And you found the right tool for the right skill. How did you realize that you were, you know, at ease with speaking publicly and doing presentations? Yeah, I would say it was a lot later in life for me, TK. Like, for me, most of my life, I actually didn't really think I was that great of a communicator because I grew up in Montreal. So for those who know, don't know who are listening to this, Montreal is a city where you need to know how to speak French to do well in it. And I didn't know the language. So my parents sent me to French school, so I'd learn it. That's why I'm fluent in it. But in other words, not only was I scared of presenting TK, I was presenting in a language I didn't even know. So I was in my first, second grade classroom. I'd look at the audience and go, uh, bonjour. And that was my life. I also have a crooked left arm because of a surgery I had when I was younger. So because of that, it was really hard for me to make friends. And I still have that crooked arm today whenever I keynote. So I have that physical disability. And then the third piece is you would think that a communication expert studied in communication. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting, man. Oh, man. Right? Out of all things. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I definitely had challenges. The real time that I noticed I was actually really good was when I got to university and I started competing and winning these competitions. That's when I realized I had a gift for this. And it was only a few years after that that I realized I had a gift in coaching it too. Hi right, man, well, throw some, some tips at me to get this going, to get the listeners going. So what are some of your favorite or at least like earliest tips that you realized everyone could use? Later, we'll get a little bit deeper into that, but like what are your earliest tips and the things that actually set you apart? Yeah, for sure, TK. So I call this my easy threes. What are the three easiest exercises that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis that doesn't require an accountability partner that easily can expedite our skills? So let's go through them. Number one, the random word exercise. Pick a random word like headset, like iPhone, 
like, you know, a wall and create random presentations out of thin air. And what I always tell people is if you can make sense out of nonsense, TK, you could make sense out of anything. So do the random word exercise a few times a day. Ideally, if you don't have a coach, do this with your friends and your family. Yeah, jump in. I'm sorry. How does that go? What do you mean like a random word exercise? Can you give me of an course. example? Of course. Throw me a word. Um, TV. Okay. So for those who are listening to this podcast, TK did not give me the word TV and I have to create a random presentation right now. He didn't give it to me before this interview. So let's see what I can do right now. It's Sunday night and I'm watching my TV. It's not something I like to do a lot, TK, because I'm always trying to read books or listen to podcasts or really work on my personal growth. But this time I cave because I love watching fights. I love the UFC. I'm a big fight fan. So I'm always watching things on the TV. But you know what I realized, TK, is a lot of us, we don't use the TV as a hobby. We use it as a habit. We're always watching the TV instead of doing what we're supposed to do in our lives. Reed Hastings calls it entertaining ourselves to death. We don't try and do what fulfills us in our life. Instead, we use the TV to blind us, to distract us from what we really want to do with our life. So what are you going to do with your TV? Are you going to keep it in that damn living room and keep using it as an excuse not to pursue your goals? Or are you going to use that same TV to educate yourself, to grow yourself, to make yourself better? And what you choose, especially the channel that you go on on that TV, is entirely up to you. Because if you choose the right channel, you might end up choosing your destiny. So choose wisely. So that's it. Yo, that's pick a word, man. And you just give a presentation. That's it, crazy, bro. Like, I mean, nah, it's just, it's not something that you just do. To give that kind of presentation, that well, the cadence, the eloquence, everything is just amazing, bro. Like, congrats. And I can see that I'm, you know, I have a professional in front of me and not just some random dude. Um, but how do you like connect all the dots and all the ideas and all the words in your head to make it come out and feel so natural how does that happen and we'll get back to the other two points how do you make the magic happen basically absolutely bro. i mean your clarification questions are, are very valid because it helps the audience understand the context too so so i love them don't worry about it so yeah absolutely what i would say is a few things tk because i am a random dude that's the point i want to drive you know i still live in my mother's basement even if i have a ton of ceo clients and i'm still fairly young and it's okay right but there's a couple important points i want to drive though the first one is that i actually think you are right the first hundred times you shouldn't worry at all about what it sounds like because i've done this thing three thousand times i'm not special or unique i've just done it a lot and that's the first point is you don't get points for doing it well you get points for doing it a lot and the problem with everyone listening right now tk is they're not willing to do it once so it's not even about the framework how you connect it you know you could take notes all day but the real point is are you practicing it because to do the random word exercise a hundred times tk which most people aren't willing to do by the way it doesn't take a hundred years to do it a hundred times right it takes two hours to do it a hundred times. Right. And that's really the point I want to drive is have fun with it. And as you do it more, you start to get comfortable and then you'll just invent your own framework. Like I was just having fun with TV because I've done it so many times, but the first time it's going to sound like, uh, like a TV is like a monitor. And that's just how it goes. Wow, that's crazy. Did you learn anything about cadence and the tone of your voice? Because that's extremely important. Like you literally talk like someone who studied this for 10 years. You know what I mean? 
it's funny because podcasting kind of chose me. I didn't choose it. Like it was one of those things. I was looking for some, you know, way to express myself. I used to write a lot. I used to have my blog and everything. I still do, but like, you know, writing takes time and it takes a lot of research and whatever. With podcasting, I could just speak up my mind without having to record. So without having to look good, without having to set up anything behind me, I just had to record and post it. And the first episodes, like the first 50 episodes, or even a hundred episodes, they were not as good, you know, like there was no cadence in my speech. There was no tone. I have this disability of being a Brooklynite. People of the East are not famous for their eloquence. Some of the guys I used to look up to growing up are like some rappers who literally like mumble when they rap. They don't even like pronounce the words right. So, you know, you grow up with that and that's how you talk basically on a day-to-day -day basis. But then when you present, you have to put in a little bit more effort. And that's something that I learned through presentations. But then I used to hear myself like on the first episodes of this podcast and realized I don't want to put people to sleep. So I got to get my shit right. And that's what I started doing. How do you like shape up all of that? How do you work on cadence and the tone of your voice on your own without, you know, sounding crazy? And what are some tips to make you better at that? You're absolutely right, TK. You know, here's the way I think about it. Communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. One of those balls is cadence. One of those balls is tone. One of those balls is eye contact. One of them is smiling, body language. And it can get really confusing for people. So I do have thought leadership on cadence and tone that we could talk about. But the way that I see it in the context of my analogy, TK, is cadence and tone is ball eight and nine, not ball one, not ball two. For example, if you haven't done the random word exercise a hundred times, you shouldn't worry about cadence. And you're actually the best example of this because you actually said it yourself. You know, and I started my podcast, Brendan, well, I didn't really know what cadence was. But then after a hundred episodes, I figured it out. But here's the thing. If you didn't throw the first ball in the air, which was to do the podcast, you never would have got to cadence. Absolutely right? Not. Right. So, so it's important to draw that analogy. So I'm happy to talk about it, which I will shortly. So cadence, all we need to do or understand is that the best communicators on the planet, TK, speak quickly and slowly at the same time. Example, I was born in an era where everyone believed that democracy was important. So notice how I go, I just said something random there, but notice how I went quickly then slowly. So that's how you do cadence. So always do both. Don't just speak slower or faster, use different tones. And then tone is three tones, speaking, high vocal tones and low vocal tones. But the best communicators use all three at the same time. So for example, if you ever believed in chance, in luck, in ambition, then you're in luck because we're here having this conversation. Just random sentence again. Notice how I did the tone. But that's really complicated for people to wrap their heads around. That's why I start with do the random word exercise and then the other two things that I talk about as well. Okay, so the two things will be what we just talked about right here. Right, so so let's go back to the easy threes. So the first one is the random word exercise. So that's easy, people can do that. Okay, I work with TK, I do a random word with him or his friends or people around me and I get it done. Now let's talk about the other two, which are also very easy, unlike tone and cadence, which is much harder. So the second one is question drills. We get asked questions all the time in our life, TK, all the time. Mm -hmm. right in life on a podcast but a lot of us are reactive to those questions we wait for the question to come and then we go oh here's the answer mm -hmm. i'll give you an example a few years ago when i started guesting on podcast somebody asked me the strangest question he was like where does the fear of communication come from 
And I looked at the guy and I was like, dude, I don't know, man. Los Angeles, San Diego. You know, it's like, you tell me, man. I don't know. So because I didn't think about it, I wasn't proactive. I missed the ball on the question. So what did I do? Every day for five minutes, I would write down the answer to one question about communication. But I did that every day. So if you do that for a year, only five minutes a day, TK, that's it. You'll have answered 365 questions about your industry. You'll be unbeatable. Hmm. That's dope, man. And where did that hack come from? Did you like wake up one day and be like, all right, I'm going to answer this question, this weird question this guy asked me for five minutes and then it became an exercise? I love that you asked me about the process. So think of me like a mad scientist. Obviously, I'm not the oldest guest you've had on your show. So I don't have a PhD in communication. None of this is theory for me. For me, it's like, let's say me and you are in the same school. I try something on you. Let's say I try a skill. You're like, ah, oh, this doesn't work. But I'll try seven other things. And then the eighth thing is like, hey, Brent, this is really working for me. And that's how I store it. So then when I store it, it then becomes an exercise. But my ideas always evolve over time. Like if you go on my YouTube channel, you type three daily public speaking exercises. Mm -hmm. The three that I'm sharing right now are not the three that I share on the YouTube channel. And I'll tell you why. It's not because I'm hiding anything. It's because the YouTube channel, when I made that first video, was two, three years ago. So I talked about the random word exercise, which is the same that I'm giving you now. And the two other ones were the endless gaze and the forced silence drill. And they're still valid exercises, but the problem is the endless gaze is where you have to stare into people for three minutes, which is really hard. So most people don't do it, right? And the same thing with work? the. It does. It really does. I'm sorry, I cut you off, but I just want to know like how that works. So it's not mid-conversation. It's more like an exercise that you say is an exercise. So you go up to somebody that you love, let's say in your house, right. and you just go, let's stare at each other's eyes for three minutes. It's a very hard exercise to do. Even people who have been married for 15 years have trouble with it. But the reason I recommend it in that video anyways is because uh, it helps you pause in presentations. Not for three minutes, obviously, but for three seconds. So notice how I don't say any filler words when I talk. I don't say um or ah uh or like. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be really easy to edit. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> so the reason I don't say filler words is not because I'm special. It's because I've done the endless gaze. I could pause forever, right? Like right now and never make it seem awkward. But obviously, I don't want to pause for 30 minutes. It'll make it big, <laughs> big for a shitty episode. But that's the point. But the problem with that exercise, TK, it's not that it doesn't work. It works. It's just most people who are beginners won't do it. That's why I changed it. So to answer your question about how my exercise evolved over time is I used the feedback. So for example, you actually gave me a good feedback on this episode. You were like, hey, what's the random word exercise? I didn't get it. So that's my fault, not yours. Because it makes me go, okay, how can I re-explain this better next time? Because the first time I got asked that question, hey, what is this? I explained it theoretically and the host was still confused. So now whenever I get the question, I just go, let me just do it. Give me a word. So now it's right. super clear. So I've, right. so even that I've evolved over time and ideas are constantly evolving. That's amazing. And it's pretty cool that you keep evolving because this is all theory, but at some point you're also like practicing on a day to day. So you're actually mastering the craft of it. As long as you keep evolving, you're going to be able to help more people with more honed tools. And that's pretty amazing. And I love that. I saw some of your videos on your channel and what caught my eye is the fact that it's casual but it's super professional at the same time i don't know how you do that man like what's the secret right there because you know there's some people who are just super chill you're clearly super chill but maybe because you don't use filler words maybe because you're so articulate with your ideas and about this topic you don't have to play a role you're just being yourself but you're so articulate that it feels super professional is that the key to it 
I mean, that's a very sharp observation, TK. You're absolutely right. I do my best to balance casual and professional. Because obviously, as you know, my YouTube channel is super professional, right? I got a suit on and, and all right. that stuff. Right. So, so here's what I would say. I don't think there's a right answer. But what I do think as a principle is that style gets developed over time. It's never something you can decide on in advance, I believe. Because my style when I'm guesting on a podcast is very different than my style being on a YouTube video because I'm alone, essentially. Except my video guy in the back, my creative director is recording me. I'm not talking to somebody. Mm. And there's no retake on a podcast. It's not like, okay, let's start the conversation all over again. Whereas in YouTube, it's like, okay, I have to keep iterating until it works. So here's what I'll say. My first YouTube video sucked. Zero style, zero personality. At least that was showing on camera. And then over time, as you do it more, you develop something that works for you. So that's what I would say, that's one piece. The other piece is modeling other people who are successful. So I'm very intentional. This is very advanced, by the way, for those who are listening. So do the random word access, but if you want the advanced stuff, this is it. And this is what I teach my best clients, is you could be very thoughtful about your brand if you model yourself against other speakers. Let me give you an example. There are three specific people that I'm modeling my personal brand after. I want to be the combination of all three of these people. The first one is Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V is a very aggressive to your face. He's very wealthy, very successful, yet he's still a guy of the people. If you meet him on the street, even if the guy doesn't need to talk to you, he's still going to be like, hey, you want a photo? Like, he's still going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in videos, are all about that, about being approachable and the guy and the people. Correct. And I want that because I don't feel somebody exists that way in communication. And I feel it's important for me because I want everyone to listen to it. I don't care if you're a guy from the Bronx or in Brooklyn. I don't care if you're some kid in India or somebody right. in Nigeria. I want everybody to relate to me. And because I feel a lot of people in my space are too academic. Like it's too like old white guy, very 100%. Even if a lot of those guys I know now and they're nice people, it's just not relatable to 15 year old kids. Right. Right. So that's the first pace. I want it to be relatable at Gary Vee and just as successful. The second person is Seth Godin. Seth Godin is a marketing genius. Right. He's very deep, like super detailed. He doesn't just settle for the surface level. Mm -hmm. You listen to his podcast at Kimbo. It's like crazy how this guy's brain works, mm. but he's not relatable. Yeah. Yeah, right? He's not a relatable guy. So I want to be deep like Seth Godin, but I also want to be relatable like Gary Vee. So I want the combination of those two. And then the third one is, is Scott Harrison, the CEO of Charity Water. It's like a nonprofit. So he's raised hundreds of millions of dollars for his nonprofit. And he's very mission driven, where it's like if he messes up on stage, people die, literally, because he's raising money for water. Mm -hmm. So if he doesn't, if he raises 10, if he raises $2 million instead of 20, like literally bitch of people die. Obviously I'm saying this with a smile, but yes, it's not a very good thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for me, I don't care who I'm talking to. You could be Bill Gates or you could be TK or you could be uh, Sandra. I'm going to take this interview as seriously as I take Bill Gates because even if seven people or seven million people are listening to this, it matters. So I show up in the same way. So I want to be the combination of the three. That's how thoughtful I am about my brand and my style. That's pretty amazing. And it's pretty deep. That's the golden deep. Right. It's, I love that, man. I love that. And uh, kudos to you on realizing all of that. It's Thank really you, insane. And I'm definitely going to follow your journey because I love what I've seen so far. And I love it even more now that I have the background story. Speaking of background stories, you and I come from immigrant backgrounds, right? You speak French, I speak French. So the fact that we're bilingual or even multilingual, do you think that helped? And is that like an unfair advantage that we people who speak multiple languages or come from different backgrounds and whatnot, is that an advantage that we have over other people? 
I mean, I love that question, TK. Here's what I would say. There's kind of two ways of tackling this question, so I'll go into both. The first way is in general. I think most people just don't count their advantages. Right. For example, life is all about perception. It's all about how you choose to see the world. Let me give a funny example right now, right? So let's say people listening to this podcast, they don't know this. You know, I showed up with like seven minutes late for the podcast. You could have thought, oh, this guy is such a jerk. He's pretentious. He's probably this busy guy. And, he, and he's like, he thinks he saw that. Well, you, obviously you didn't think that, obviously. You're a super amazing guy. Or you think like, oh, you know, Brendan's just going to the bathroom. He didn't see the link. I'm sure he's a great guy. He's just a little bit late. It's totally fine, right? And hopefully, you know, and you, you, you thought of the second piece. But the point that I want to drive, which I'm sure you did, is, but that's not a matter of fact. That's not like what is objectively true. That is what is the decision of how you choose to perceive the world. In the same way, me too. When I look at people in their life, I go like, yeah, I'm sure TJ's a great guy. Even if I don't know you, I'm like, yeah, you're probably amazing. I'm just gonna talk to you as if I known you. And that's the perception we choose. So why am I telling you this? A lot of people got advantages in their life, TK. They got advantages. They just choose not to see them. So for example, especially in America, in Canada, in France, in Europe, even if you got nothing, even if you're on the street, if you got a passport and a citizenship in any of those countries, that's worth millions of dollars on its own. Yep. Right? Yep. So there's that is I think people don't see a lot of things that they do have as blessings because they don't actually compare themselves to the world, right? They just compare themselves to the little the little circle. Do there I think literally it- like billions of people who wish to be in that position just to be born like in those countries that you mentioned and just be like, all right, bro. I got a whole system behind me for one, you have like Europe or like the US or whatever. And now like, if I don't like it here, I can pretty much go anywhere in the world and just be able to do anything I want. Whereas like, if you come from, you're Nigerian or like, you know, to take the, or you're Indian or whatever. So just to take those two examples that you mentioned earlier, people don't even realize how hard that is. Like just to be able to get a visa, to raise enough money to get a visa because people over you know, so many different countries are paid like a couple of hundred dollars. Like in those countries, you can get a house or whatever with that money. But if you want to go, you know, to the West, Western countries, you have to work for like 20 years to be able to afford to have like a bank statement that shows that you can stay for, you know, three months in said country. So people don't even think about these things because there's so much, like you said, they don't realize all the blessings that they have. And thank you for bringing that up because that's something that I often talk about with my wife and some friends. So. It's amazing how little people realize how lucky they are. I mean, dude, you nailed it on the head. I completely agree. And that's why, by the way, to your point, like, do you think it's an advantage? Absolutely, I do, because I choose to see it that way, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, well, I got, like, my parents immigrated to Canada with early 90s, and I was born mid-90s. If they had just waited seven years and just had me in Sri Lanka, I would have been born in a third world country. My life would have been way harder. Right. to immigrate to Canada. But because I just started here. Create content, yeah. pretty much everything that you do right now. Yeah, because if I was never born in Canada, I never would have went to Concordia University that had the world's largest case competition program. I probably would have had an Indian accent and I wouldn't have done, I would have learned French. I wouldn't have gotten the expertise I needed. So yeah, man, there's a lot I'm grateful for. A lot of, it's just, I feel a lot of people, they don't see the blessing. And there's a lot of things I don't have, but it doesn't matter. because just what I do have forces me not to complain and that alone makes me a winner. Exactly. And I think what makes you a winner, to be honest, is this um, clear mindedness that you have. It's like you're aware of these things because there are also like lots of immigrant kids like ourselves who don't realize all of these advantages that we have. 
Like I see it in friends, I see it amongst people that I used to hang out with, people who have like Spanish descent, like myself, and who don't speak Spanish, but they don't realize how important it is. And they basically sort of neglect that part because they just want to, you know, blend in and be like the rest of the people. And then obviously there's racism, there's discrimination because of your name, because of how you look, because of your, your ethnicity. And when you realize all that, you go like everything is against me when in reality, there's so much that's going in your favor, but you're just not paying attention to it. Absolutely, man. And when you focus on that, it makes you very dangerous in a good way. Like for me, when I started Master Talk, it was never about, I need this number of followers, I need this. I literally said, if it takes 10,000 podcasts to get 10,000 subscribers, I'll go on 10,000 podcasts. That's exactly where I'm at with the podcast, man. That's exactly Let where I'm at. Like when I first started, I was like, I just want to get like the first listener because I didn't communicate. I didn't tell anyone about the podcast. I didn't want it to be, I didn't want any of my friends to find out about it because, you know, then you'd have like fake numbers basically in my sense, you know what I mean? So I started doing it. And then actually like within less than 10 episodes, I was getting 30, 40 people listening, which is huge. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Like I always thought about it as in like, can you imagine like you being on stage and having 40 people in front of you? Exactly. Bro, like that's a lot of people. And if these people like communicate about your stuff with their people, then you can grow it exponentially. That being said, I never like wanted to do it for that kind of validation. Like I've always thought, I know it's gonna grow because as long as I don't stop, as long as I post an episode a week, doesn't matter what happens, which is what I've been doing for like three years and a half. An episode a week may not seem like that hard to some people because there are people who post like twice a day, like every week, but he has a whole team behind He's got a whole team, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I got other stuff to do and there's so many of my passions that, I'm in, that I love and so I don't want to give up on that stuff, but I want to keep doing this once a week for as long as, as I'm alive. I mean, that's the mindset right now. And it's been growing and it's been growing even faster now that I've been having guests. I've had like 40 guests so far, which is huge for me. I would have never imagined to have a sit down with a guy like yourself. Oh, and, you're awfully kind, man. For real, man. Like to have someone talk about something as important as communication, you don't think about that stuff, you know? And then when it comes, you're like, yo, this shit is, you know, wow. Like I didn't expect it to get this far, but I'm here for it. You know what I mean? So thank you for all the tips and for bringing all the positive energy to the podcast, because I truly appreciate it. Not everyone realizes how important this art form is. It's easy to consume, but it's so full of value. Hey, likewise, Tiki. Thanks so much for having me on, man. This is great. I hope you had a great time, man. And I'm looking forward to having you back on the show. There are so many things that we got to get deep into. Absolutely, man. I'd be more than happy to, man. This is a super fun conversation. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, peace.